This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi online at AugustaAudi.com. Well, Jack Nicholas II is the president of Nicholas Design, also general chairman of the Memorial Tournament and chairman at Muirfield Village Golf Club. It is a pleasure to welcome Jack Nicholas II to the Augusta Golf Show for the very first time. Hello, Jack. Hello, John. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Um, love, uh, love the anticipation of uh, the springtime and April and Augusta on the on the on the on the on the headlights here. It's fun stuff. I understand. Uh, we're we're looking forward to it. Um, this is all a, a program about your dad's birthday and so forth and so on. I so I wanted to get some perspective from you. I've heard your dad answer this question, but I'd love to hear what you say about how hard was it for him to stop competing and step aside from tournament golf. I think that was really tough for him. Um, and and I, I probably couldn't do it justice uh, trying to describe it, but, you know, he's all about, uh, you know, being in the game, uh, being present, uh, being competitive. And when his body uh, wouldn't la- allow him to practice in order to prepare himself to be competitive, that was really tough for him and, and to start taking a step back in competitive golf. Now, sure, he's very involved with, uh, you know, golf. He's, he's our senior spokesman now since, uh, you know, God bless Arnold Palmer, but since Arnold passed, uh, dad's become our senior spokesman. And uh, so he's very involved with golf, but I do know that he misses the competitiveness of golf. You had a front row seat for a lot of stuff, Jack. What, what do you think made him so good? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, one, he had amazing talent. Uh, but on top of that, he, he, his work ethic is great. Uh, and it wasn't a work ethic that, you know, he, he practiced 24 seven, uh, you know, he was able to get his work done and, uh, and then be able to recharge his batteries. Uh, and, and I don't know whether it, because he had other diversions that helped him play golf, whether it be family, whether it be business, uh, with golf course design. But um, he was always he was always fresh. It seemed uh, when he was when it was time to tee it up and play golf. And uh, and and again, he, he kept a I think he kept a, a, a great perspective. Um, I know I try to play competitive golf, and I seem to get caught up in making one putt or you know hitting one shot perfect and. You know, golf is, you know, a journey throughout the day, and, and uh, it, it's not necessarily about making one putt or, or one golf shot like I always got caught up in. Dad kept a great perspective. I mean, you look at some of the stuff, uh, you know, you talk about the concession, uh, you know, the putt that he mm-hmm. gave Tony Jacklin, uh, you know, in the Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, just he kept a, a perspective that a lot of his competitors and even myself did not have. Uh, when he got into the competition where, you know, towards the end of the tournament and he was close to the leaderboard, nine out of 10 guys would, you know, choke up. Uh, they would get nervous. Uh, they wouldn't be able to perform as well. My dad always seemed to perform better. Now, why is that? Um, again, maybe he had a, a great perspective on what was going on. He, and then per his dialogue, I mean, it's tougher to do than just to say, but per his, per his dialogue, he worked very hard to get himself in that position at the end of a golf tournament to have a chance to win. And he felt like, okay, now it's time to kind of relax and have some fun. 
And um, again, <laughs> a little more difficult to do than just to say, but he seemed to be able to do that. We're talking with Jack Nicholas II here on the Augusta Golf Show. With all of that you've said, Jack, and, and, and he's often talked about as being, you know, golf's greatest champion and golf's greatest winner. And then, you know, there are those articles about him, a gracious loser in those big events. When he was that gracious loser, what was Monday like? What was Tuesday like? Did it take him a little time to get over it? No, I, I remember him being the same guy... Sunday night, Monday, uh, after an event, whether he won or got beat. Um, but um, he just, and, and I think I'm very specific when I say win or got beat because dad rarely lost a tournament. Um, I felt like he always, again, he worked very hard. Um, and he, if, you know, he always felt like he gave it his best shot. And if he got outplayed, well, then kudos to whoever beat him that day. Um, you look at the, the duel in the sun, Turnberry, 1977 British Open, and Dad admittedly said he played great. Uh, he played really well, and Tom Watson beat him that day. I think the quote that my dad uh, talked to Tom Weiskopf was, Tom, I gave you my best shot today, and it wasn't good enough. Congratulations. And I think Dad always kept that mindset that you know he occasionally is going to get beat, uh, and he felt good about his effort. And again, to answer your question more directly, he was always the same guy that Monday following a tournament, whether uh, he got beat or, or, um, or he won. A couple of questions about designing golf courses. Was it something, I know he designed courses while still competitive, but, but, but was it, did he have to fall in love with golf course design or did it sort of organically come to him? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I would bet... Myself included, I'm going to speak from firsthand experience. I played golf, and I love to, you know, conceive a golf hole in my own mind, how a golf hole should be. Um, I think that's probably across the board with golfers. We're all frustrated golf course designers, want to be golf course designers. And I assume that was the same way with my dad. You know, you play golf, and, and you, you see what – a golf hole that looks good to you and a golf hole that maybe doesn't present itself well to you. And you think about strategy on a golf course and, and, and you just, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's something that he just grew into. Uh, I know his first opportunity was from Pete Dye. Uh, uh, Pete Dye was designing the golf club uh, just outside of town in Columbus, Ohio. And Pete called my dad and he said, Jack, I want you to come out here and look at what I'm doing on this golf course. And uh, my dad admittedly had never done anything on golf course design. I think they got to the third hole, which is a part three. And he says, Jack, what do you think? And my dad was kind of shy and didn't want to say anything. And he said, I don't know if I really should say something. He goes, no, Jack, I want to I know your opinion. And he says, well, I really don't like what you're doing here. And, and he says, well, Jack, tell me what you like. Tell me what you think would fit on the property here. And that third green at the golf club, I believe, was the first green that that uh, Dad designed. And uh, then he went on, I think it was, I don't know what year that was. It was in the 60s. Yeah. But I know one of his first major designs was uh, Harbortown. Which, which is, a, to this day, a great golf course. It is. Yeah, and my dad made, uh, dad made 32 visits into Harbortown, and uh, I think they, between Pete and my dad, they split a $40,000 fee, 
And, and uh, you know, with all those visits, they end up putting that money right back into the job. I know that money costs or that job costs both of them money. Uh, I think it was the first formal contract that Pete had ever done because Pete allowed my dad to, to structure the, con- the contract. And uh, obviously, the course turned out beautifully. And uh, it was a great collaboration between Pete and my dad. And they they've remained friends all their lives. I know we just recently lost Pete. Uh, God bless him, but, uh, as well as Alice. But, uh, no, Pete and my dad uh, have had a great relationship and uh, working in professionally and, and privately for a lot of years. Someone told me once, Jack, when you play a, a, a Jack Nicholas golf course, your approach shot, be above or below the hole. Don't be, don't be hole high left to right because that's where your dad put all the undulations. How fair is that? Uh, I would say his golf courses are very fair. Um, no, but how fair is that? How, yeah, how fair is that assessment? Well, I I would say that probably not completely accurate. Um, the last thing my dad wanted to do is create a cookie cutter uh, strategy or golf course, uh, you know, hole after hole that they look the same and play the same. So I would think uh, you know you go around dad's golf courses and from hole to hole. Uh, I think that uh, now he's tried to do a, an original strategy. Uh, stra- uh, <laughs> strategy with every golf course, excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, I, you know, he'll take concepts that he likes on different golf courses and golf holes and try to incorporate uh, into, into what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, some, most of the time, if you're below the hole, you're pretty good. You're putting uphill. Um, you know, there's a short side and a long side to the greens, uh, meaning, uh, you know, if the pin's tucked on the right side of the green, you miss it in the right side bunker. That's the short side of the of the green, and that's generally going to be a tough uh, tough bunker shot uh, back onto the green. And vice versa, if you miss it on the long side, um, there's usually a risk reward throughout uh, Dad's golf courses. I think uh, I think plays into the strategy. And, and again, I wouldn't say a certain concept like uh, you know being even with the hole is not so good uh, because he tried to really steer himself away from you know, a repetitive strategy. What have you learned about being a father from your father? Oh, um, you know what? He has been an amazing role model, uh, for me, for my siblings, for my grandkids or for his grandkids, my kids, and for so many people out there. And, and guys, what I've learned, you know, a few simple things, obviously, um, you know, you gotta you gotta say and do the right things throughout your life. You have to make good decisions because uh, the kids are watching. Uh, they know whether you think they're watching or not. They're paying attention. And my mom and dad together, it's amazing to me, particularly as you know, I've you know tried to be at my children's events. My mom and dad were always at uh, our events growing up, uh, whether it was a birthday party, a graduation, uh, a sporting event. And, and not only were they there, they were present. And there's a difference. And, you know, when you're present, uh, you've, you've got their attention. And uh, anybody that's spent any time with uh, my mom and dad, they know that. Uh, you know, when they are there, they are present. Uh, they're listening. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're tuned into what we're doing. And that's one of the greatest things I think that mom and dad have provided me uh, as a role model to, to teach on to my kids is, you know, put the effort in, um, love your children unconditionally and, um, make them a priority and mostly be present. And, uh, they have been that for us so much. 
when we hear the stories that he loves ice cream, how much does he love ice cream? Oh, he does like ice cream. Um, <laughs> my dad, uh, it's probably his main weakness when it comes to his diet is, uh, well, Buckeyes are a pretty good weakness, too. You know, up in Ohio, yeah. the Ohio State Buckeyes, but the, the Buckeye that I'm referring to is uh, it's peanut butter and, and powdered sugar, and they roll it up into a ball and dip it into a chocolate, and it looks like a Buckeye. So I would say ice creams and Buckeyes are his two <laughs> biggest weaknesses and i think my dad's probably been on 900 to a thousand diets uh you know in a, in, a, in every three-year stretch and uh but he um you know he's always uh he's always trying to mind what he watches you know what, what he eats and whatnot but he'll you know he might eat a great meal but then he'll go to the ice box and pull out that ice cream he loves it <laughs> he is he is Jack Nicholas the second. Jack, thank you for taking the time to do this. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, John. Uh, I look forward to seeing you coming up here in April. I hope we get a chance to see each other.